Are you, uh, I don't think you're live. Uh, your microphone's not on. Now it is. Hello. Professional. <laughs> I do not, that was very Vulcan of you. I do not believe your microphone is on right now. <laughs> I do not believe. <laughs> anyway, welcome everyone to Star Trek, 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 our ongoing review of all things Star Trek. We are continuing with the brand new season of Strange New Worlds with episode amusingly titled Charades, which actually the charades has a little twofold meaning there. We actually, I, I was hoping we would get more of the actual charades in this than we actually did, but we didn't. Um, but we did get enough of them. Like, what was... What it was, exists in our hearts. What was, uh, oh... Annie B. Mount, please tell me that is Anson Mount himself. Um, no, thank no, you for following Annie not. B. Mount. Um, so, like, what was what was Topring's dad's name? Savet. Savet, MVP of the episode, absolutely for me. Like that guy, just like for a Vulcan, that for for a Vulcan, he had a lot of like. I don't know, eagerness or sort of very kind of just like humble, like, I just want to live my best life. He just wants to live his life. Yeah, yeah. straight up. He just wants to live. He has a wife who is henpecking him to death. Like that and... speaks arranged marriage, isn't it? That's just like, you know, he's like, this is, yeah. this is my well, wife. That's the traditional Vulcan way, isn't it, right? Yeah, yeah. To have it arranged. Yeah. <laughs> Man, what a poor guy. Yeah. But no, absolute hero of the episode. Uh, this was an episode of... Well, I'm going to say the appropriate. This should just be called Spock Amok 2 to Pring Boogaloo, really. Because it is kind of the, uh, literally a direct follow-up to Spock Amok with to Pring and, uh, and Amanda as well. And, and all sort of like following the more more hijinks and uh, intricacies between Spock, um, to Pring and Chaffle's relationship, which came to a startling conclusion, uh, which many people have been a bit conflicted about. Oh, and a new about. beginning potential new beginning i don't know how he's gonna fuck it up yet but it's oh, uh, by the way of course always does i mean the, the the image i've seen going around lately is the one from um um uh tas sorry i got distracted mm. uh tas of chapel city on spock's lap in i don't know what episode from but you know the, the for okay. people saying like this breaks canon chapel can't be with spock this is saying i'm thinking well we know that to bring in spock do kind of go on the rocks a little bit and we you know we know chapel has feelings for spock and but eventually well, he will because the, the implication i always got in um in uh fucking a mock time was that they had not seen each other for years like mm -hmm. spock and to had not been keeping in constant contact and they had no. like nowhere near as close as they are here so clearly this is just the beginning of whatever is going to fracture that relationship into coldness and to and for those of you who are worried I do not believe Spock is cheating on anyone when he yeah. is hooking up with Christine. Because guess what? If you are on a break, you are not in a relationship. You are not emotionally mm, how many, how held many hostage. Debates? We were on a break! You know, Ross and Rachel kind of things. Like, how many people have... For, I'm for sorry, those but who like, are younger than... You know, do, do not remember the 90s as well as I do. There was a popular show called Friends in which two main characters had a breakup very similar to this. Showing and then one of them got, you know, started fucking people. And so like, guess what? That's... What happens when you declare that your relationship is on a break? Ergo, it is not. Are you but together or are you apart? Well, we're we're not together, so we're apart. I mean, didn't Tapring literally leave Spock's quarters and then Chaffle enter? Like that's pretty quick. That's a swift turnaround. Yeah, but the thing is, is, like, it doesn't really matter whether or not you have feelings. It's whether or not you um, act on them until you're out of the relationship. That's kind of the thing. Yeah, it's true, like, yeah. Like it's, that's the yeah. like, you know. It, you can't blame people for having feelings. That's not you know, and you can't hold people emotionally hostage and say 
you can't, you know, go off into relationships. You you were meant to sit around and mope because I punished you for the thing that I thought was a bad idea. And no. guess what? It was a bad idea. Spock did fuck up in this episode. But <laughs> T'Pring has no room to criticize him for pursuing a relationship with Christine, especially considering the fact that she's going to do the exact same fucking thing with Stan. Well... Yeah, I mean, she will eventually. I thought, you know, the thing we have to remember here is Spock is young. Like, he is very young for a Vulcan. He is in his tw- 20s. Like, considering Vulcans live for about 250 odd years, that's incredibly young. Like, he is still in his adolescent mm. period. Like, for for a Vulcan, you know, like you said, they said earlier, like, oh, you're in your, you're having teenage reactions. Well, he is still in that kind of phase of his Vulcan life where, you know, arranged marriages may not be so sacrosanct to him. And with his Vulcan human dual heritage, like, he's definitely playing by different rules. Still shocking now we're getting such Spock focused episodes in Strange New Worlds. Like, and they're good. But they're good. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. And they're fresh. Yeah. No regrets. Like, this whole Spock to pre interaction, and especially, to, you know, we're seeing to Pring's family as well, which is. God, that woman. Like, this is... It pulls on so many moments from Enterprise, from the Vulcans in Enterprise, like, with the, the smell receptors. Yeah, can and... we have a conversation about Please. the fact that Strange New Worlds, which is, like, you know, kind of the darling of New Trek, mm-hmm. is subtly just bringing in all of these elements from 2009 yeah. from Enterprise, which have long been held with derision, sometimes, like, fairly. Um... And they're like, no, these are still canon. We're going to treat them, and we're going to just revisit these concepts and go, what does this look like, you know, told in a proper Star Trek format with proper Star Trek writing? It's like, actually, there's some compelling stuff here that we didn't pick up on the first time through. Yeah, and, uh, you know... If a Vulcan eats bacon in Pike's quarters, is it logically sound? <laughs> like, yeah, because I was wondering about that, because Vulcans are usually vegetarian, right? Well, this is the thing, yeah. I, I don't know if that has been strictly said that all Vulcans are vegetarian, or whether it was just I certain... Paul was. Paul certainly was, yeah. and I think a lot of Vulcans generally are, but there was definitely... What was that episode of Enterprise where we had the ship of Vulcans that weren't Vulcans that came aboard and they were all, like, emotional, and I vaguely remember Oh, well, that, that was Enkatash uh, Katil or whatever, or something mm. similar. Yeah, and they're sort of they, Vulcans, yeah, but not yeah. Vulcans. They sort of follow a different sort of trend of things like that. And I think that, you know, you've got yeah. Vulcan separatists and things like that. No, the, what's it? The logic reformists? I the logic extremists. The logic extremists and things yeah. like that. You've definitely got many sides to this culture. I think being vegetarian is probably a popular one, but I reckon you've got your, your sidelines are just like, give me a steak. I'd love a steak. Yeah. <laughs> give, me give me some salad. Give me some a side of salad. Salad shanks. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Um, so I'd I have a question for you because our good friend Cranky has brought this point up. Mm. What are your feelings on the fact that changing Spock on a genetic level changes his behaviour? Um, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because uh, Vulcans traditionally always have the fe- the the emotions inside, don't they? They always have it bottled yeah. up and they keep it, you know, more ferocious than humans, but they are such trained professionals that they can keep it all seething until once every seven years it all comes up and you know, you, you know, um. But I, I feel that, yeah, there is a little bit of emphasis here that they're playing up the comedy more for... Mm. Um, in fact, oh, he's lost his, human, his Vulcan side. Oh, well, all his human side's coming out. And I think the Vulcan side was a lot of the inhibition. The Vulcan side was a lot of the temperament and the restraint. I think removing that from him definitely, yeah, brings out... And like I said earlier, Spock is young. Like, he is a very... Mm. You know, it, it, you know it, in the adolescent stages of a Vulcan life, you know... Him then losing his Vulcan side would definitely make all these human expressions come out in a very 
explosive way, which is what we see in this episode. It's happening to him for the first time to his psyche, and it's just like, I'm hungry, I'm angry, I'm scared, I'm horny, you know, and all these things just coming out all at once. And I think no, I think mm. it makes sense. It's, and and like I say, it, like, they've done it for comedic effect, and it was perfect. It was really good. Yeah, for me, it, it sort of it's interesting because so far for a lot of the canon, we've been told that it's all Vulcan mental training. Hmm. And at some point, I have to start thinking, well, there is actually a biological component I think to the to Vulcan be. physiology. Yeah. Like, because mind melds, like, they can't, like, you know, Vulcans are able to mind meld, and that is not a thing that humans can do. Uh, go, there must be an actual biological difference to their brain. Yeah. And especially, like, if you think about how long ago was the Vulcan and Romulan, like, um, oh, was like, like 2,000 millennia. years ago, yeah. Yeah, that's more than enough time for divergent evolution to have happened yeah. and for Vulcan brains to actually just be physically different and for the logical, you know, like training and inhibition to at some point become genetic and possibly yeah. biological. Now, I'm no geneticist or biologist, and I'm sure that this is probably like, you know, a little bit of, you know, a little bit ridiculous to think. No, but tell me what you think anyway. This is Star Trek. <laughs> yes. This is Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. It's sci fi. Like, it's all in service of the story and the characters in the end. And it's like, while I think it's maybe a little bit far-fetched to think that, oh yeah, you, you unspool a few genetic strands and suddenly he's like acting like this, but there must be a, an actual genetic component to it that is allowing the Vulcan control to be so tamped down, and removing that allows this overexpression of emotions. And I kind of appreciate that they, they took a slightly different tact with it than every other time um, you know, Paul or Tuvok would undergo a similar sort of storyline. They love doing this for Vulcans, but... <laughs> Here, there's a bit more. It's just it's not treated as like a, a trauma sponge. It's just for fun and as a mm. character study in a way of what would Spock look like if he was completely human. Like, that is an interesting question. I said this year in the yeah, watch, watch like, along. Like the, the Stranger Worlds thing about Spock in human mode and Spock in Vulcan mode is his hair is slightly ruffled, <laughs> and apart from the ears, but yeah. Well, you're physically different, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But and it's even a thing that was dramatized in Spock and Mock, like the actual conflict between the two halves, yeah. like. It's interesting that we spent 60 years talking about the conflict and how half-human, half-Vulcan Spock feels about it, and we go, yeah, but what does it look like when you split them? Because we had that with Kirk, you know, good and yeah. evil Kirk, and very <laughs> bad, bad enemy within. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But thinking about it on a biological component and what it does for the personality is a much more interesting idea, thinking about these two recognizable halves. And Chapel rightly points out I don't want Spock as he is, as he's human and easy to talk to and understanding of my emotions. I want Spock as the unique individual that he is that combines both of these things to mm. allow completely unique insights and unique philosophy. Yeah, specific parts of the brain regulate various emotions, so at least those have to be more evolved in Vulcan. So yeah, that absolutely makes sense. Yes, yeah. no, that makes sense to me. I think I think yeah, it is. Interestingly, this was written by Henry Alonso Myers, who is the showrunner, who also wrote Spockamock. Yep. So that makes sense. They're also co-written by uh, Catherine Lynn, who wrote uh, mm. a Lower Decks episode, Wedge Douche, which was the um, the uh, the 
That's the lower deck slower yeah, this episode, yeah, right? Yeah, Whereas all the other ships. Yeah, all the other ships. That, that one, yeah. So I, I, I think we even said this had a little bit of lower deck's energy to it when we were watching through. And I was like, yeah. yeah, no, it does. It has a little sort of like those little comedic stings and little outrageous moments. Like, I think it was the uh, yellow and blue, the the Carvonians. I forget their name now. Um, Kokovians. The Kokovians, yeah. that's the one. And yeah, and they're just coming out and said, hello, how can I help you today? You have not submitted the proper... Pro-. Almost a little Douglas Adamsy as well. Sort of a sort of very sort of bit, like yeah. Vogel form patrol kind of thing. And yeah, it was it was very good. Very good. Yeah, and I also... It's also very odd that it's a, a sequel to um, Spock and Mark, considering the fact that the Rongovians and the Kokovians are both very interesting alien races, but they are very much in the background of yeah. this. They are, they are not treated as the forefront. They're a little bit character, caricature-ish as well, because the Rongovians had their one trait, didn't they? And the Kirkovians kind of had their one sort of, well, almost trait-ish kind of thing of being an other dimensionally being. Can I point out a thing here, though? Can I say, like, it, this This all happened on like within a light year of Vulcan? They had this huge interdimensional being, this huge gravimetric eddy, and the Vulcans have only just now decided, oh, you know, maybe we should look at that. We've been in space for, like, well, several hundreds of years. We'll just we'll let, we'll let the humans do that. Well, we have to assume that the anomaly that they detected was a brand new development. Oh, maybe. And we don't know yeah. what caused that. Um, and we have to assume that, for all we know, there were Vulcan medical archaeologists yeah. who were conducting digs on Kirkov, and they hit something and it t- turned it on, and yellow and blue appeared through the port. Like, are they bothering us again? Oh, God. Are they bothering us? <laughs> yeah. We would like yeah. to engage in diplomatic um, contact. No? Well, fuck you. No. No. I, I'm not interested. I, I, I'm placing the phone down. Um, <laughs> okay. Idle, I need a honest answer from you. Who had the best funny expressions in this episode? Because it's a, it's a competition. Who are my options? Okay, I'll, I'll make it easy on you. So, Pike, mm-hmm. Amanda, Spock, and I'll say Mbenga. It's Pike. Everything that like Pike was rea- was mostly there for comic comedic reaction shots, but just the moments when he's he's sitting there and he goes, "Ah, oh, this human tradition of charades." Fuck! What have I done? You're like literally, just and the moment he's got the trade. Just me, it's Amanda. It, it, it's oh, like when really? he says charades, and she's like, huh? "Yeah," <laughs> she's like about to. Tra- oh, you are fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Like, because Amanda's picked up all the Vulcan, like, emotional suppression, right? She's really good at schooling herself. But there was a moment there where she wanted to go, what the fuck are you smoking? (laughs) You're going to be a stoply captain and the best you could come up with is charades. And Savette's like, here, I want to play this. Let's do this now. I want to enjoy this. He's probably really good at charades, actually. (laughs) Yeah, I imagine so. Oh, okay, wow. so but I'm can sorry. You imagine with me. I know. Imagine I'm... with me that Savette takes charades back with him to Vulcan, <gasps> and it becomes a new dinner craze. Yeah, I want to see Vulcans play charades. Oh, yes. I want it. <laughs> but they make it so anyway, needlessly complicated. They make it. They really just go over the top. Like, well, how can it sound like biogenetic this? particles? Yes. <laughs> is it auditory or is it merely received by the <laughs> the audical node of the brain? Which species are you? Yeah. Um, interestingly, Savette's actor just looking him up. Do you remember the old computer animation? series reboot from back in yeah, vaguely he, he played bob in that uh, uh one of the characters bob oh my god there's a reboot yeah he played the main character in reboot that's crazy to me because i used to love that's that weird. when i was a kid Ah, oh, he was in and the now expanse he's, uh, i knew where i saw Kemmel. him he was in the expanse who was he in the expanse he was um avasarella's husband in the when he got recast knew i'd seen him somewhere 
Well, no wonder he's playing that type. He's fucking being bulldozed by like you know, like fucking. <laughs> and you even said, you even said, like, oh my god, it's Avasarala. Vulcan Avasarala, as soon as you walked in. Right down to the out of the fucking fashion outfit. Like, yeah. like the fucking that high collar. I saw that and I immediately thought of Avasarala. I've only yeah. seen season one, but I already know she's iconic. Yeah, yeah. No, because uh, they recast the husband second time round. So, oh, yeah. Um, but in season five, I think. Anyway, anyway. Uh, what a shame it was we didn't get to see Pelia and Amanda talk, though. Like, after all that sort of diatribe of them, it's like, oh, yeah, she, I, I, I myself as a, a, a Lanthanite. Lanthanite, Lan 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 that's the one. Lanthanite, um, yes to uh you know and then you didn't get to see it oh pelia's not here which is a shame they couldn't make it work because that would have been a cool little interaction yeah it, it seems to be coming clear that they are reserving the chief engineer spot for this actor doesn't have a lot of time or is some yeah. way hindered and cannot come on every episode so we're going to make them the guest spot and then they turn up when they can yeah which is an interesting idea, but I think if they're going to set up something like, you know, oh yeah, Spock's mum was like my best friend, and then they have Spock's mum turn up and not interact with each other, that's a bit of a bummer. It's an unfired che Chekhov's gun, yeah. yeah. Um, Chekhov's but we don't know, maybe I would love it if Amanda turned up again. Yeah. Because I mean, we had no yeah. idea she was going to turn up until we got like a preview uh, issue of this, yeah. so, you know. And it was cool. Mia Kirshner's still got it. <laughs> she absolutely does. Like, it's very cool to see her. Oh, she was mom. a great cast from Discovery. Yeah. Like, Discovery cast everyone pretty much perfectly. Like, I still love James Frey and Sarek. I think he's incredible. Mm. Yeah, interesting. I mean, we know why he's not here. Like, we know, like, obviously he's not speaking to Spock, but... Look, yeah. he and Spock would get in the same room and Spock would just start choking him out and Sarek would, like, be like, cool, you can try and choke me out. And then he would slam him through a table for what he did with Michael's... <laughs> Oh he my gave God, up that's Michael's music. <laughs> for, for real, like fucking <laughs> Michael lost her spot in the Vulcan Science Academy because of him, and he didn't even take it. Yes. Hey, Sarah, how many children have you lost lately? <laughs> One's more gone... than you'd think, but yeah. less than you'd hope. Yeah, exactly. One's gone off to prison. The other one's gone off to the future. It's just me, and you're not even talking to me. Yeah, no, I'm your least favorite son. It's like Cyborg's a fucking revolutionary, and he still likes them more than Spock. <laughs> I can see that being the case. Yeah, definitely. Um, man, there was a lot of really fun stuff in this episode. Like so many good sight gags. Can we talk about the recurring fact that no one likes Pike's cooking? What's going on? Look at look at the no, effort he puts the in. Problem is. I don't think I don't think it's a case of no one likes Pike's cooking. I think that everyone is constantly having to deal with matters that are more pro. Oh, you've Fred. just cut out there. Oh, no, we've lost you completely. Got a loose cable. But no, I, 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 yeah, you think you're right. Like, what things could be more important than Pike's cooking? Come on. Idle your thinking with your stomach. That's the problem. I always do. That, like, that is the problem. Yeah. It, it's the case of, like, we're dealing with engagement dinners, or I just lost a promotion because of, like, Starfleet politics. Mm. I don't want to eat right now. And Pike's like, but I made it special for you. Apart from Savet. Savet loved it until he was told he didn't love it. Savet had all that put in a doggy bag. You know he did. Like, he was like, can I all <laughs> like, that to go? Pike's like, yes, I've got you. Like him and Savet, after that ceremony, they just sat and devoured. They, yeah. <laughs> Guess what? Spock and Dupring doomed. Pike and Savet, absolutely uh, yeah. happening. Best buds now. <laughs> yeah, totally. Playing I'm charades and it. eating Vulcan canapes till the wee hours of the morning. That's, that's diplomacy, man. It's yeah. just like, you make that fucking Ted Bell, if you make it <laughs> just right, you get it salted just okay. Oh, uh, no, so th good. this is great. Uh, a lot of good visual work as well. The shuttle flying into the anomaly was a real cool anomaly. Like, that was a really interesting point. Yeah, they, they, 
like weird flex, but cool. Yeah. And like, oh, it's like, like I love the depiction of interdimensional space in this as yeah. well. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like almost sort of profit. Kind of a lot of analogs between them and the profits, you know, sort of being transported somewhere and then non-linear in time and things like that. They're very uh, analog to that. I think they'll. I think that name says I want to know yeah. more about these aliens. I think they are going to be like the one note. This is mostly we'll see of them. I don't think we're. Well, it's going to be like the Rongovians. It's a case of like, yeah. guess what? In 30 years' time, a game like Resurgence will come out and delve well into their culture, and you'll get to see them. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. That's what you'll have. We'll make jokes They'll about them. They'll turn up again in the TNG era. Precisely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, um, it was cool, though, well, that we had on. the um, Uhura and Ortegas with Chapel sort of flying into day. I'm going to assume they got permission to fly the shuttle out and they didn't just steal it. And I was like, oh, we're going to prove you the mission. Pike's just like, yeah, go, you do your thing. Uno would have given them a go-ahead. Yeah, Uno exactly. Pike would have approved it's, that. It's, you know, it was Ortegas at the con, not Spock. So she's like, yeah, you can sure you can fly out of that. Or fly straight into it and be fine anyway. I loved it when they went into the dimensions. like, am I dead? I don't feel like I'm dead. I'm sure it's telling me. Like, very casually, they're flying dead. into this. Like, are we dead? Yeah, well, if we're dead, never mind. I had a good run. <laughs> Yeah, so it was kind of interesting that while the last episode gave us a bit more of an Ortega's focus in terms of screen time, like she was doing the whole, I fly the ship, um, mm -hmm. I thought this was a nice little showcase of a bit more of her character where it's interesting putting her in a room with two people who are arguably even more impulse control deficient than she is. <laughs> um, and she has to be a responsible one. Like, I always love seeing that. She's like, no, I'm a Starfleet lieutenant. I'm not just a maverick. I have to follow proper procedure. But at the same time, I want to fly into the weird space thing. I want to go in there. I want to do a fucking sick flip. And I really appreciate that. Um, I wish Una got more to do. Yeah. Like, she got some fun things to do here. Like, her bit during the you must talk like a Vulcan yeah. was hilarious. I do, I, I do hope but, we get some more Una stuff later in the year. I hope she hasn't, like last season, I hope she's just not had her one episode and then she doesn't... Like I've said before, I want to see her in command of a situation. I would say, like, Pike's been incapacitated and they're in a battle scenario or something like that. I need to see... Mm, well, not need to, but I'd like absolutely. to see her chops as a first officer and a, a potential commander, you know? Because for all we know, we don't know what happens to Una after, you know, TOS. You know, she'd go on and get her own command or she might do other things, who knows? But it'd be interesting to see more of her capabilities. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's a case of, like... That's what the thing with Strange New Worlds is. There are so many characters I'm always I'm always happy to see mm. everyone. There is nowhere I'm like, oh, it's this was this episode. No, but I'm always constantly like, Una kind of gets the shaft. Like Lan got a good few um, a good few little spotlight bits yeah, here. Like you got the other bit, but Una I feel like could do with a bit more screen time. Mm. I would like more Una. Give more Una. And um, Uhura Stephanie shown those ensigns tribes she's had a, a promotion she's like no i'm in command now and i'm being reasonable and like everyone's just going with her like even ortegas who outranked her she was like the one in command on that mission just like yeah sure we'll do your idea that's fine <laughs> guess what uhura is smart she hmm. is compassionate she is a good starfleet officer despite the fact that she's still probably not quite sure if she well i'm still waiting for the I uhura think she, i think she's sure now we... i think after i think that was the point in hemma's death. Uh, death yeah was to sort of <laughs> show her her way forward was in starfleet True, but I'd be curious to see where that goes because we know she becomes a captain at some point. I'd she like does. to see more, more homing of her um, her command capabilities. Yeah. I'm kind of curious to see if we and see more of that in the yeah. flashback episode we think is coming. And by but, the yeah. movie era, she, you know, especially that Final Frontier and the Undiscovered Country, she is very much like smart and capable. Like if, if you know they didn't use Nichelle Nichols the way they could have, but you know you see her, you definitely see her going towards a more command streak. And I think it's definitely yeah. like the geriatric by the Undiscovered Country. It's definitely like the geriatric ship of friends. And like, yeah, we really need to go and do our own thing now, don't we? 
Yeah. No, the instant she got off that ship, she got promoted and like was like bossing around Picard on the fucking the Long Grand's Ring. Yeah, or the, it was the, the Leon, Leon de Grance or whatever it was. Well, yeah, the, that's what it was. Sorry, the, yeah. The train, the train ship that flew out to the Magellan Neb and the Magellan Clouds or something like that, which is outside the galaxy or something. Apparently, that I don't know. Look, Uhura just stood there as a flex. Okay. <laughs> I'm going where no man's gone before. I'll show you where no woman's gone before. How about that? There you go. Damn right. <laughs> okay, but idle. Hello. We have to talk about Jess Bush. We do. We do. Holy shit. She fucking knocked out of the park, man. Like, that bit where she walks out of um, Spot Quarters after giving him the emotional therapy, and she looks like she is absolutely... Dude. She looks like she's dead inside, man. Yeah. I felt so bad for her. She's got so many, like... You felt the heart of her turmoil. Like, because obviously she's attracted to someone else that's, you know, it's the the, the classic love triangle thing. Because usually I hate love triangles. I've said before that this is kind of brought out my inner soppiness that I usually I don't do. I think there was, there was, I remember watching Battlestar Galactic years ago and there was a whole love triangle thing. And I was like, oh God, do we really have to do this? And it was awkward. But this has not felt awkward. This has felt almost, na- I don't know, natural in a way that you can kind of understand it. But mostly because it you just know, feels fleshed out and like yeah. a tragedy in the making. It, I, I think. You- you sympathise yeah. with both Dupring and, Ch- and Chapel, and you want both of them to be happy, but you the, know where it the goes. This is the difference. Incompatible here. I think this is why it yeah. works because we know how it ends up, and I think it is more to see the journey because we know, you know, we want we want to see where this goes, and the fact that we've now got this excellent actress in Jess Bush doing some stunning work alongside Ethan Peck, who's also doing amazing work. And I said, like I said in the in the, in the watch through, Ethan Peck's doing this bit, not doing it because of that, but but you know, he's he's recording this bit to show like, no, I'm not a one note Vulcan. I've got all these really fun things I can do. And and, you know it can show emotion and like or show emotion without showing emotion which i think is an amazing talent like to pring's really mm. uh, actress um uh, i forget her name sarah ado something like that um i don't know off the top of my head anyway she Sorry. is she I'm is bad amazing. with the guest stars yeah no she she is amazing because she does that whole being able to emote without emoting which i think is a huge huge skill yeah because that was the thing that they really Gia struggled Sandu. with in Sol- no. right yeah uh, in the DS9 and sort of like TNG and Voyager area, it was a case of like, you would occasionally get a Vulcan guest star who was very good at communicating that, but often they would just be dicks. Like, yeah. how do I communicate? I'm I'm not, I'm in command of my oceans, I'm a dick. That's how I'm I communicate. Just, yeah. Anyone like, in the Vulcan high command that wasn't Saval. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. But it's like, I feel like in Strange New Worlds, every Vulcan that we've seen has been a bit more, well, Pasalk was a bit two-dimensional, but that's kind of the, the role. Yeah. And I'm I'm not convinced we've seen the last of him. No. Um, so, Idol, you have segments we need to do, correct? Shall we? Shall we do best and worst moment? Since hmm. it's just the two of us this week, what stars? What was your best and worst? Yeah, where the moment? fuck is Frank? I don't know. He said he was coming. Now he's not. <laughs> okay. I think he was on a he's late caught late on a flight or something like that. Anyway, uh, um, fair never mind. Never Can't mind. Blame for that. We cannot. Uh, All right, will you go first? Oh, you get right. first wow, wow, wow! I, I can't get price permission. Uh, oh, cool. I mean, best is too hard. I can't think of that at the moment because the entire episode could be the best moment. Worst moment. Jeez. I. I think maybe I think maybe the fact that the the Karkovians were literally on the border of Vulcan space and just no one had just it just seemed awfully convenient that it happened to be all here. Everything was and yeah, I th- I'd say that's probably 
maybe the bit that doesn't stand up to the test of time a little bit. Maybe if they were out in the middle of space somewhere and T'Pring's parents were on the ship, they could have done it that way and they kind of encountered the civilization. They could have written it differently. It would have been way. harder to fudge. It would have yeah. been harder to fudge. Yeah, so yeah, I think it's it, it's easily overlooked. I mean, this is this is me nitpicking. This was an awesome episode. So like, I can't really think of worst moment, best moments. Just you have to pick one. You know, no, I'll be kind. You have to pick. You can pick two. I can pick two. two. You're so kind. I'm gonna go with <laughs> Spock talking to um, Laan. Uh, and that awkward moment there, and it just goes like you're snacking all the time. And he goes, huh, I am hungry. And that made me laugh. Like when I first saw it, it made me laugh like nothing else. It's just like a very kind of Draxish. It's like I am hungry all the time. Uh, like, I am hungry. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and my second favorite moment, which I think you're probably going to steal it from you, is going to be him just shouting at Sam Kirk like, "I will no! break you." Did I steal it? Yes. Just Damn him. it! That was going to be my one because like I've been wanting to see him, Sam all season. Yeah. I love Sam and this is the best possible use is we don't know that the fucking neural parasites nearly had their chance stolen from him <laughs> he nearly was strangled to death by spock over crumbs i love it it's so good i will break you clean up your dish no, i will kill you god i'm gonna give you the hard decision now of picking something else but go on what was your best and worst moments okay worst moment for me absolutely with a bullet has to be pelia and Amanda, our best friends, yeah. we do not get to see them interact. That okay. is an absolute missed opportunity. Why even like take that opportunity to set that up if you're not going to capitalize on it? If it's a case of schedules not working out, make them work out. Film this later. Do something. It's a, a story opportunity that is not being taken, and I need to see it. Hmm. If you're going to do it later on the season, I will retract this happily, but it is a glaring omission. Um, best moment. Okay, I get to. I'm get two. Fuck you. Of course, you get two. Um, Same two of us. That'll round out to four. Yeah, absolutely true. 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 Um, God, it's so hard. Which is what Chapel was probably saying to mm-hmm. Spock. Um, is that a Vulcan mm-hmm. gong in your pocket? No, it's a Lerpa, clearly. <laughs> um, For which end? Okay, I, I've got to give it to uh, just Ethan Peck in general. This episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just everything he did from the awkward, borderline psychopathic way he was looking at Chapel awkwardly in the shuttle, um, the the all the little stupid expressions when he was goofing off in the montages, um, his communication, like, the instant difference between human and Vulcan Spock, the yeah. instant difference. What the? Um, yeah, exactly. And second best, I would say. I'm going to give it to Ortegas, actually. Oh, okay. I feel like she was really well served in this episode. She got a lot of funny moments. She got a lot of responsible moments. She, I feel like she got a lot more to do here, and I just appreciate it because Melissa Navia is a treat, and I love mm. seeing her every time. And this was, like, less showy, but more substantive than what she had for the last episode. I liked what she had in the last episode, but this was a bit more... Mm. Show me competent, starfly individuals. It is my fetish. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, <laughs> that's niche. <laughs> Are you competent in your job? No, I'm average. No, get out of it. Get out. Of it. Uh, Evan says uh, yeah, yeah. worst moment. He says to the fact that he didn't bother to clearly tell them they made a mistake straight away was my worst moment. I, I am, 
I, yeah, that annoys me in other shows as well where they don't talk about their problems and they just react to them. I feel this was slightly justified because, you know, Spock was hesitant because of what Pring was saying about his mother and then Amanda found them out straight away. So it was a little bit... No, uh, so I think you're misunderstanding what Evans... I think oh. Evans is talking about the fact that when Pike is talking to the Kokovians and the initial thing with the calling card, oh. um, he doesn't immediately say, no, you fucked up. Yeah, well... He doesn't I say mean, it. And that, that, that is fair, though. That's the episode over then. But I think he was caught out a little bit by the fact that he just went, no, thanks, bye. And he's like, uh, uh, oh, he even said bring them back. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he was quite expected. He was a bit caught off guard by mm. that. Um, but it is a valid point because, but then again, you need that moment to happen so yeah. that you can have Chapel do the, no, I feel the spot. I have to admit my emotions. Yeah. Um, but it's a bit of a contrivance. Yes, his hair, his hair failed yeah. him in that moment. They couldn't see the quiff. Oh, they couldn't see the quiff. Uh, you Couldn't got another best it. moment? Did you do? You did Spock and... I did too, yeah. Eden oh, Peck and I did um, Ortegas. Oh, yeah, of course you did. Okay. Yeah. What is... <laughs> you so much to choose from. What is your rating criteria this week? All right. Idol, how many sacred syllables out of ten would you give this episode? Ooh. I need to spell syllables. How do you spell syllables? <laughs> how many sacred syllables? S-Y-L-L-A-B-L-E-S, I believe. Hello, auto-check saw that out. Okay. Man, it's going to be hard not to give this a ten. It really is. Chat, could chime in as well what your rating is of this episode. Um... Because it will be counted. It will be counted. It will be put into the ratings of fair and scientific, as it always is, every week. Always. Absolutely. Um, I can't not give it a 10. Like, my only problems with the episode... I mean, problem as a whole is it's another Spock episode, but I really enjoyed it, so I can't really put that against it. He gets one a season. Yeah, well... Yeah, that's true, actually. I suppose... Yeah, I suppose so. Um, I think he will get another one as well. He had, he had, you know, some stuff with the Serene School last season as well as Spock yeah. and Mark. So mm. we're getting a lot. We're getting a lot. Um, I just really, I, I would watch this again. This and Spock and Mark are just absolute bangers, back to back. Like they are comedic. They're not traditional Star Trek episode. This isn't Chain of Command. This isn't Best of Both Worlds. This isn't the Drumhead. But it's still so enjoyable. Uh, I, it's ten. It is ten for me. Ten out of ten. I feel bad giving 10 this out of 10. Is... How bad is that? Because, like... Nah, I, I... never feel bad about it. Guess no. what? Good... When, especially when we start doing our classic Trek reviews with Trek time and we, uh, we're going to be... Uh, Trek, 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 rather. Yeah. Um, we're going to start giving out some 10s. And it's going to come hard. It's going to come fast. Um, this is a 10 for me. This is 10 sacred syllables out of 10 because... Yeah. I, I was... The first time I watched this, I was watching it with Brody and Marie. And all three of us were just fucking creasing up at yeah. every single scene i i don't i i was wheezing with laughter at sam i was just dying at yeah. all of fucking pikes i yeah it's probably going to be a controversial opinion because i think our friend cranky doesn't like this episode very much but it just makes me feel happy I think about how fun this must have been to film. I think about the strong emotional heart with Amanda and with Chapel. I think about everyone getting to act their heart out. I think about all the visual comedy. I think about the interesting sci-fi concept. I think about how cool medical archaeology is. I think about the fact that we had a all-female away team mission to the Kokovians. Mm. And, like, that was just a thing that happened because we have such a strong cast of female characters. I just... 
I adore this show and I adore this episode. If every episode of Stranger Worlds was this good, I would say it's the best Star Trek has ever been. As it is, it's still very, 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 very good. It is, good. you know, Razor's coming in. It's now our highest rated one so far. Yeah, this is episode five, so we're, we're slowly going, I wonder how much, how, how much we're going to rate the Lower Decks episode just purely because it is the Lower Decks episode, but we'll see, we'll see. Um, Dude, do you think about the fact that we've given our first 10 out of 10 we still have the lower decks crossover and the potential for a musical, musical episode yeah. to come. Dude, if we get that musical, <laughs> we get that musical. It depend- all I'm depends on the songs. Depends out. on the songs. Depends on the songs. But it, but dude, imagine if they're good. Okay, you know what? I'm going to take this opportunity. If any of you have a um, like for musical theater um, or musicals in general, uh, Anthony Rapp stars in a short film called Trouble. That is about a singing, traveling salesman that is very dark and macabre. Anthony Rapp. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's called Trouble, I believe it is. Uh, let me just double check that and put it in the chat because it is a great uh, Anthony Rapp. Is it Trouble? I think it's Trouble. Hmm. While you're doing that, um, uh, Kern gives it a nine point five. Evan gives it a nine. That rounds chat up to a nine point four. Still time to get a rating in if you want. Yes, it is Trouble by Anthony Rapper. It is a short film. It is 11 minutes long. Watch it on your lunch break. If you enjoy musical theatre, you will thank me. It's great and very dark. Um, good fun. A little bit of violent, but good. If you like like Sweeney Todd, if you like these things, you'll love it. Yeah, but, cool. dude, if we can get a musical Star Trek episode, I'm so... I think it's going to be... The episode is called Subspace Rhapsody. Like, come on. <laughs> but, man, fucking Charades is such a fucking good episode and i don't care if it's controversial i don't care if that makes me a mm. fake star trek fan i don't care you've got to have different things you've got to have some fun things like otherwise you just end up with like you know stale seasons and the show gets cancelled it's got to have some variety it's got to have stuff that brings other people in like i would show Spockamock and charades to my mother and she would enjoy it because it's it's funny and she knows the basic premise of star trek to know that oh spock shouldn't act like that so you know i think that's that's the test really is if you can show it to someone that knows nothing about star trek and they enjoy it then it's a good episode definitely yeah. in fact um evans points out he would have scored the season one finale higher what did we give the season one finale because i was we... very very positive on that i recall uh we gave it a nine we gave it a nine we're all quite positive on it a quality of mercy yeah, yeah. We, it was nine, episode, that was nine yeah. all round from me you and big uh who rated mm. that so yeah no we, we were we were we we're very high on that so um yeah. i think that's but fair that's fair we, we just have a, a place in our heart for good vulcan comedy i guess i love a farce i love a farce <laughs> Like I said, like I said we're just waiting for the, the, the airplane kind of jokes, Leslie Nielsen, to come around here. Did I take off the Shatner book reading hair flips? Yes, I did. <laughs> I have a sore throat. <laughs> also, no. Oh, yeah. Fair, fair. Anyway. Well... No, they want to listen to it. Once your throat is recovered, you put that back on, you fucking shyster. <laughs> maybe I will have. Maybe I'll save that for the charity stream. Um, All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, next week's episode. Do we know the episode title yet? Do we know what episode? Next- Resurgence, isn't it? Uh, sorry. Well, we were back on Wednesday with Resurgence, yes. But uh, next week for the Stranger Worlds review. Oh, that I don't know. Uh, do we have it yet? I'm sure it was like Lost in Translation with no synopsis yet. So that's the next episode. Ooh, so maybe- that sounds like an Uhura episode. That does sound like an Uhura episode. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Okay. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. We will be back uh on wednesday join us for some star trek resurgence if not if you're watching us repeat we'll be back in a week and watch the next review see you later uh live long and prosper Ta-ra. Bye.